There are certain things my two-year-old son needs from me. At 6.30 every morning, when I'm rushing to get ready for the workday, he wakes up and he wants me to read to him. When he grabs his favorite truck book off the shelf in his room, he turns his back to me and clumsily dawdles his way into my lap. He doesn't want me to read the book just once. He wants me to read it again and again and again. You want to read it again? At two in the morning when I finally fall asleep in front of my computer answering the emails I couldn't get to in the middle of the day, he drops his toy trains out of his crib and wants me to come into his room and pick them up. Even in the afternoon when I'm on conference calls and we're outside playing, he wants to watch me play with his trains which I reluctantly do despite it being distracting from my calls because it gives him the comfort to watch me play with them. Like the things that matter most to him somehow matter to me too. He doesn't just like these things, he needs them. Every hour of the day, my wife and I are needed. It doesn't matter to him that 15 other people are hearing him squeal on a conference call. It doesn't matter that his dad needs to be up in four hours or that I'm rushing to get ready for the day. And before the lockdown, our lives had a tightly knit fabric of support that gave us just enough time to do it all. Now, that's all on us. How about some sugar and me? <laughs> But I am grateful for one part of raising a two-year-old during COVID. I don't have to explain what all of this means to him. He won't remember it. That, I can only imagine, would produce a whole other host of challenges. Something I don't know about. Not yet, at least. Our producer, Joanna Clay, found Scott Duvall on Twitter. He's from Athens, Georgia, married, father of three. He was tweeting very relatable parent content putting together virtual play dates for his daughter, leading PE class for all his kids. And in the early weeks of quarantine, Scott was finding some bit of solace in documenting this moment. So we asked Scott if he'd mind sharing some of these recordings with us. And that's what we're gonna bring you today, the audio diaries of a family in isolation. From Neon Hum Media, this is Telescope. I'm your host, Jonathan Hirsch. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for the foreseeable future, we're going to bring you stories of people who are far away, up close, and how each of us are learning to live through this pandemic. I'm not sure when it all set in. How long exactly it took for me to accept that the new normal of me, my dog, my wife, my kid, all crammed into this house was not a vacation or an extended weekend, but was, in fact, a longer-term reality. And it felt like things were changing almost minute to minute. And like many of us, I had the TV on a lot. New York State has surpassed 1,000 deaths from the coronavirus as a field hospital is being built in Central Park while area hospitals are pushed to the limit. States ramping up travel advisories as others are watching and learning from New York's rapid explosion of coronavirus cases. They saw the nightly news. They saw the pundits on TV. 
And I probably left it on a little too much. It started to get to him, I think, especially my daughter. Um, and my wife came to me one night after uh, my daughter came down, uh, not really wanting to go to sleep because she was thinking about this. And she was like, hey, we need to keep it off the TV. Uh, we need to keep it off the news during the day. And that was about two and a half weeks ago. And we did. Vivian, his daughter, is nine. She saw news about the virus spreading and it kind of freaked her out. Scott is still trying to help his kids process what's happening. Like, what information do they need and what's the best way to insulate them from the worst of it? Scott and his wife, Jennifer, tried to comfort Vivian at first, tried to set up some normalcy for her. Scott set up a Zoom art workshop with her friends. They shared drawings. They laughed. They were on there for like 40 minutes. She misses her friends so much that they became pen pals, sort of. They found their own little way of communicating. They'll leave each other notes in sidewalk chalk. And so Vivian will run out there and see that she got a note from Lila or her other friend who's also named Vivian. Uh, she actually had a little painted rock today left from her friend Vivian. And she, about 30 minutes ago, I was checking and she was creating one to give back to them that we can drop off on their doorstep. The rocks are like messages in a bottle. There was a note in our mailbox, and it was written in Vivian's handwriting, the other Vivian. And it said, I've hidden a, a painted rock in your yard. Uh, here's a hint. It's something I love to eat. And it was a painted carrot. It was just a tiny little stone that she had painted orange with green on top. And that was a really cool example to see. But that's not the only one. Like, like I, I was wondering what Vivian was doing at Lila's house or at her uh, driveway the other day, and she had taken sidewalk chalk with her on our walk. And her friend was nowhere to be seen. I, she was inside, but Vivian didn't care because she knew that she'd be leaving her a note and the excitement of her realizing that she'd be reading it sometime later is all she needed to put a smile on her face at that time. I can relate to Vivian. We're all mourning for our pre-pandemic lives. What I wouldn't give to spend an afternoon playing basketball at the YMCA in downtown don't know if that'll ever happen again. But I have to give my kid some credit here. He's not living in the past like I am. Rilke is too. He's not able to fully grasp why dad and mom are home all day. He doesn't know that a deadly virus is spanning the world. To him, it's extra playtime. He doesn't miss the before. This new normal is kind of better for him. But for Scott and Jennifer, it's different. They have three kids, ages 9, 11, and 14. They are supposed to be in the world and coming home with stories from school. Yes, the math quiz went well. No, I'm not sure why gymnastics is kicking my butt this week. For Scott, he feels a little bit of guilt. It's a weird word to use, guilt. But he knows his kids won't get this time back. And he feels for them. This is Scott talking to his 14-year-old son, Jack, moments after Governor Kemp announced the stay-at-home order. You just found out school is canceled the rest of the year. How do you feel as being an eighth grader? I mean, you're done with middle school, basically. Yeah, like I wanted to finish finish out like, the year. Were y'all going to have a graduation of some sort? I think we were, but not anymore. <laughs> no. I mean, I would I would have loved to see my teachers, honestly. Jack just turned 14. He had his birthday in quarantine. It was different than normal birthdays. Different than most because we didn't go anywhere. We did get pickup though, pick up food for dinner. I had a nice walk around our neighborhood as my birthday party with my family. 
Jack was a trooper. I mean, he even baked his own cake. But Scott can't help but feel, well, feel a lot of things about it. I always tell people, I don't mind getting older. I just don't like them getting older. You know, I'll carry my daughter around when she lets me uh, still. But yeah, I think it's brought us closer. I, I hate what's going on. I really hate what's going on with, with the, this global crisis or pandemic. I mean, I've never felt so close to the world. It's weird. And I don't know if I'm the only one that feels this way, but I feel connected to the people in Italy, the people in New York, the, the people in Asia. It's like you just want to do something and you realize that the best thing you can do is right now to stay at home. But I'm hoping that with communities uh, banding together to create a, a, a caravan wishing kids happy birthday who... have to have their birthday during this pandemic. I mean, it's, it's crazy. I don't know why I'm getting emotional, but you know, it's not the worst thing ever to happen to you if you're 14 and have to have a birthday by yourself with your family. He's right. A missed birthday isn't the end of the world. But Scott feels that like when you're a kid, these moments are big. These milestones, these rites of passage, they're kind of getting swallowed up. With each passing day, we learn of another thing that we're missing. Jack was supposed to have an eighth grade graduation, and now he might start his first day of high school online. A lot of us remember our first day of high school jitters. It wasn't just about starting the ninth grade, but everything that came with it. Figuring out who you're sitting next to in all your classes, seeing your crush for the first time in three months and working up the nerve to say hi, or scoring the winning run with your team mobbing you at home plate. As far as my middle son, Walker, he's 11. He was more uh, interested in, like, when's baseball going to start? When is the season going to start? Just about three or four weeks earlier, he had gotten his new team. He was going to be in the, the majors this year. He was excited because they were that was the league where they play all six innings. He was going to be the leadoff batter. And so it meant to him like the end of his dream because he eats, sleeps, drinks, and talks about baseball. The baseball season, it seems so concrete, so official. But those plans were canceled like everything else. All the scaffolding of their old lives collapsed in what felt like a few days. And so much of that built around their kids. So Scott and Jennifer rebuilt that structure. They have a daily schedule. E-learning is from 8 to 10 in the morning. They all have their own desks set up through the house. Vivian has moved hers out of the hallway so that she can talk to her brothers or parents if she wants to. Sometimes the dog curls up nearby. Then at 10 a.m., it's P.E. All right, 21 push-ups. Okay, you got it. All right, who's going to count it out? Me. One. Two, three, four. Scott joked about how he had morphed from dad to PE teacher, seemingly overnight. Hit the showers, Jack, you're done. Okay, coach. So after PE, it's back to the studios until lunch. Then more homework, maybe art or piano practice. My name is Jack and I'm 14. It relaxes me. What does? Yeah, the piano relaxes me. Just the sound, just the music. 
It makes me feel like I'm in my own little place. Like away from all the crazy world issues. And I know you're learning a new piece. It is a song from the movie and play and book Les Miserables. And uh, it is Do You Hear the People Sing. That was good. Yeah, I can play the first two pages okay. Well, I still need some more practice let's though. Let's try it. Okay. And the Duvals try to build in some time outside of the house too. Y'all ready to go for a walk? Yep. Their daily walk around the neighborhood. What's your favorite exercise to do? Um, probably this. Do you miss gymnastics? <laughs> yes. We'll get back to it someday. Very much. Do you think that make, taking these walks and working out helps reduce your anxiety and stress during... Yes. Yes, Vivian? Vivian <laughs> answers immediately, yes. yes. While this moment is stressful and we all want it to be over, it's also an opportunity to reflect. One I hope I'll be able to make more sense of when my son is old enough to ask me about it. But for Scott, there won't be anything to explain. He and his kids, they'll remember this time. Maybe they'll remember it differently, but they will all have lived through it together. Scott will remember that he saw his kids slow down. Like the other day, when he looked out the window and saw Vivian and Walker passing the time, doing something new. It was Walker's idea. I started digging in a hole. I was like, wow, this is really cool. And I just wanted to get really far. So I just wanted to get at least like a foot or two. And right now I can sit in it. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty deep. It is pretty deep. <laughs> I mean, quarantine, we were going to go on an awesome spring break. We already had it planned. And so, and then this came along. We're just spitting ideas like, what if we reach like this Georgia red clay so I can just craft? And I was like, that's pretty deep down. And then she said, maybe we can reach coal. I was like, that's pretty, that's really deep down. And then. And um, when it rains, it could be like a little pool for like all the frogs. Yeah. And crickets or at night. breeding ground. Well, it's just being outside and kind of connecting with the nature and all the birds outside and <laughs> and the dirt. And we just like trying to find cool rocks as we already have some. We've, we found some right pretty there. big rocks that we've dug up. If it weren't for this quarantine, I would probably not be digging a hole right now. I'd be at school. Yeah. It represents triumphant and like suffering in this quarantine not being able to see your friends not being able to like high five them or playing a football game at school just the little things that happen that just we can't do right now that are just not it's just not the same but we get to dig a hole and we're family so we get to so you can high five your sister yeah, i can high five Boom. Let, let's let's hear that, Vivian, up close. Boom. That was a pretty good high five. This Friday, your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello. 
I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going! Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Before COVID, life was a relay race in the Duval household. When I think about how our lives were, it was hustling to get to baseball practice. It was, hey, go pick Vivian up from gymnastics. It's, did you finish your homework? Because we've got to go here. We were in such a rush back before all this happened. And I get it. My wife says our life, even before COVID, was like a relay race where our son was the baton. But since then, things have slowed down. I mean, how can they not? With a two-year-old, you can't help but slow down because, well, he demands it. Sometimes the slowing down, it's hard. It feels like you can't catch a break or you can't focus on anything fully. Then, in other moments, I catch my breath and I realize where I am with my son. If you're a parent, you think about what's the most important thing when your kids are with you. And that's actually just being present and spending time with them and maybe teaching them something and maybe letting them laugh at how goofy you are. Lord knows that I've embarrassed myself a couple times trying to inject myself into their TikTok dances. And this may sound a bit odd to say, especially for those who don't have kids, but I've heard something similar from parents that I've talked to, that having time to be with my son like this may never come again. But I'm almost lucky. And I hope that he is in a way lucky too that it'll somehow make a difference 20, 30 years down the line. That for this short period of time, he got to wake up and go to bed each night with the two people that love him the most in the world by his side. A big thank you to the Duval family, to Scott, Jennifer, Walker, Jack, and Vivian. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come, find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Every week we receive emails, private messages on Twitter, posts on Facebook from listeners, telling us what your lives are like right now and what you're going through. And at the end of every episode, we share some of those with you. Kimberly Shire is a theater professor in Helena, Montana. She's still grading finals and attending meetings on Zoom, but her show was canceled, which means no rehearsals. That has freed up a lot of time. And now she spends her days making masks to send to friends, family, and sometimes to people she's never met. I am currently threading my sewing machine so that I can continue stitching the masks that I'm making. She recently finished her 300th mask. Just hours and hours and hours of this every day. Thanks, Kimberly, for sharing your story. You can share the sounds of what your life is like right now, too. Just send a voice memo to pitches 
at neonhum.com. Telescope is made possible by the world-class team of producers, editors, and engineers that make up Neon Hum Media. John Asante is the managing producer of Telescope. Today's episode was reported and produced by Joanna Clay. It was edited by Catherine St. Louis and Vikram Patel. Our engineer is Mark Bush. Thanks to Matt McGinley for our theme music and to Blue Dot Sessions for additional tracks you hear in this episode. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Neon Hum Media. We've got a Facebook page now. Just search for Telescope. We want to stay connected to you during this unprecedented time in our history. So please don't be shy. Share your stories with us. Our DMs are open. If you have a story of life in isolation because of the coronavirus that you want to share with us, email us at pitches at neonhum.com. I'm Jonathan Hirsch. We're halfway through the week. Just a few more days, and we'll see you on Friday.